1: On this program, we are featuring a salute to one of the great radio comedians, Henry Morgan. During the 40s, one radio comedian outshined all the rest. Not because his material was always that great, but his delivery was outstanding. And for sheer bravery, he won the award every time. It was once said that Henry Morgan was fired at least once by every sponsor he ever had. But Henry himself will talk about that in just a minute. Let's go back a couple of decades for this excerpt of The Henry Morgan Show.
2: Why,
0: good evening, anybody. Here's Morgan. Henry V. Morgan. Tonight's program is presented by the publishers of Squire, the magazine that owns property. On page one is a picture I can't show you. Family program. On page two is a story I can't read to you. It's copyright. And page three is a joke I can't tell you for the same reason about the picture on
3: page one. In the first place, it was the first and darn near the last monologue the only show done with just one guy. The music on it, the recorded music, was all odd. In between, I would do little pieces of, oh, humorous material that I wrote. And what used to bother me the most was that people would always say to me, oh, you're Henry Morgan, where do you get those records? Well, you know, what about the funny stuff that I was bringing in, I thought. That got to be mentioned after a while. But um, the only other thing of note about it was that when I did live advertising, I made fun of bad advertising. People remembered it as me making fun of the product. It didn't do that at all. Obviously, uh, the clients could quit at any time. One night, um, I did actually kid the product itself. Well, his main product were, was elevator shoes, which sound a little funny. Adler elevator shoes that made you almost two inches taller. The slogan was, now you can be taller than she is. Well, comes one spring, and he comes out with a line of loafers, but in dreadful sounding colors. So I said on the air, of course, I wouldn't wear them to a dogfight. That time he, he rebelled and demanded it a retraction. So the next night I said, I'm sorry, I said what I did, I would wear them to a dogfight. Well, you might think that he would cancel after that, but he didn't, because so many people talked about it that it was good for the shoe business.
1: One of the things that Henry Morgan did best were his parodies of other programs. I don't think a week went by when he didn't take someone to task. I have a couple of favorites, and and one of them is the spoof of a Dr. IQ program. This was a show in which announcers would be stationed in the aisles of the theater in which the broadcast originated, and while Dr. IQ, who was on the stage, would ask a question, one of the announcers would buttonhole someone who'd try to answer the question. Is that clear? Well, here's a sample of an actual Dr. IQ broadcast.
0: Presenting Dr. IQ! Thank you, thank you, Mr. Anthony, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My assistants are stationed throughout the audience with portable microphones, which will enable members of the theater audience to remain in their seats while answering the questions I ask from the stage. And may I present those assistants? Ed Reimers on my right downstairs. Thank you, Doctor. Fort Benton in the center aisle downstairs. Thank you, Doctor. Pat Hill on my left downstairs. Thank you, Doctor. Ken Powell in the right balcony. Thank you, Doctor. Charlie Lewis in the center balcony. Thank you, Doctor. And Bill Mayhew in the left balcony. Thank you, Doctor. And so do our first contestant of the evening, Ed Reimers on my right downstairs. I have a gentleman, Doctor. Fifteen silver dollars to that gentleman with the correct answer to this one. Suppose you've known so many girls you've forgotten a lot of their names. I'll give you some clues as to where they were or are, and you tell me, according to familiar songs of books, the girls' name. Now, for example, the one you left when you came from Alabama was Susanna. Now, here we go, and I'll pay you five silver dollars a name. This one uh, is over the ocean. No prompting, please. Over the ocean. Five seconds for five dollars. I don't know. Oh, I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> now, give him a chance. This one used to live in our alley. No problem. Uh, uh, what was it? Oh, alley. <laughs> all right, Sally. No, really, folks. Don't, don't everybody say it. Let, let him try. All right. Here's the third one now. This one doesn't live here anymore. Annie. Annie. All right. Now, here's a good one. This one lives on Sunnybrook Farm. Five seconds, please. Time is almost up. Oh, I'm sorry, I'll have to call time. You got two of them. I think you'll find that one's uh, Rebecca. Rebecca of Sunnybrook Farm, and of course the first one was Bonnie. (laughs) Bonnie lies over the ocean. You got two of them. Pay that gentleman ten silver dollars. Your name and address, please. William Palmer, five twenty six Minnesota Avenue, Buffalo, New York. Thank you. Congratulations, Bill Mayhew, in the left balcony. I have a gentleman, Doctor. All of us recognize, sir, the importance of radio in the world today. Now, I'll pay you 16 silver dollars if you can tell me approximately how many radios, including automobile radios, there are in the United States today. Now, is it 570,000? Is it 5,700,000? Or is it 57 million? I see, five million. Five million? Oh, I'm sorry, sir. I think you'll find it closer to 57 million radios in the United States today. But a box of 24 Dr. IQ candy bars to that gentleman and two tickets to next week's production of Chase Buffalo Theater, Buffalo, New York. Ed Reimer's on my right downstairs. I have a gentleman, doctor. I'll give that gentleman in the standing audience one $25 United States defense bond if he can tell me who has been named by our president to head our war production board, uh, Donald Nelson. Donald M. Nelson, the twenty-five dollar defense fund. To that gentleman, your name and address, please. William Glower, Attica, New York. Thank you, sir. Congratulations, and thanks for being with us tonight, Mr. Gore. Now, Pat Hill on my left downstairs. I have a gentleman, Doctor. Here are two well-known proverbs in a slightly scrambled state. I'll pay you 16 silver dollars if you can unscramble them and give them to me in their correct order. Here they are scrambled up. Before darkest dawn, he laughs. It's always the best who laughs last. Uh, he who laughs last, laughs, laughs best. All right. And uh... No prompting, please. Uh, it's always lightest before the dawn. Well, <laughs> always darkest before the dawn. Sixteen silver dollars to that gentleman. Your name and address, please. Uh, Francis Finley, 3063 Harlem Road, Chicktawaga. Well, thank you, sir. <laughs> And thanks for being with us tonight. Now, Ken Powell in the right balcony. I have a lady, Doctor. A certain character named Peter Piper gathered an amount, an amount of pickled peppers. Now, I'll pay you eight silver dollars if you can tell me the amount and 12 more silver dollars if you can say the famous verse without stumbling. All right. Peter? Uh, how, how much? Uh, first of all, what was the amount of the uh, peppers that he uh, p- picked? A peck. A peck, all right. That's $8 you've earned. Now, let's see if you can earned 20 Twelve more. Let's see if you can say it.
2: Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. Where's the peck of pickled
0: peppers? Peter Piper picked. Well, now you. Uh, <laughs> now you only got half of it. You got the first line and the last line. Now there are two lines in between. Remember? Try it again.
2: Peter Piper picked the pickle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, go ahead.
2: Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers.
0: All right. A
2: peck. Well, where's the peck?
0: Oh. Oh, I'm sorry, ma'am. I think you're leaving out those uh, middle two lines. It goes something like this. I'll try it. Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers, a peck of pickled peppers. Peter Piper picked if Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. Where is the peck of pickled peppers? Peter Piper picked.
2: <laughs> but a box of Dr. IQ came to that
0: lady. And two tickets to next week's production of Chase Buffalo's Peter in Buffalo, New York. And so now, thanks to you, ladies and gentlemen, especially to you at home, behind your radios, and to you folks here in the theater
1: audience. Well, now that you've heard the original Dr. IQ, here's Henry Morgan with his parody. <laughs>
0: Ladies and gentlemen, the makers of Totter's pure tar gum now bring you your favorite quiz program. Yes, Totter's gum is made from pure tar. Chew a pack today and see if you too don't have a breath like Highway 66. <laughs> And now here is your genial quizmaster, Doctor I J. The Mental Fox. Thank you. May I introduce my assistants, Mr. Jonathan Stanton in the left orchestra. Thank you, Doctor. Mr. Walt Jordan in the right orchestra. Thank you, Doctor. Mr. Daniel Trumbull in the rear orchestra. Mr. Daniel Trumbull in the rear orchestra.
2: <laughs>
0: Mr. Trumbull, you should be in the orchestra.
2: I know, but a lady has me in the balcony, Doctor. In that
0: case, I will leave you alone.
2: Thank you, Doctor. Enjoy. Now, now,
0: may we have our first contestant, Mr. Jonathan Stanton, in the left orchestra. I have a gentleman, Doctor. Twenty silver dollars to that gentleman, if he can tell me. What do you get when you cross plums and peaches? You get nectarines. Oh, I'm sorry. But if you cross plums and peaches, you get pleaches. But Give that gentleman a box of card and gum now, Mr. Walter Jordan, in the right orchestra. I have a gentleman, doctor. Forty silver dollars to that gentleman if he can answer this musical question.
3: In the second movement of Beethoven's Sonata in A minor for piano and viola, what is the first note on the third page? Would you repeat that question?
2: <laughs>
0: no. Well, could you at least give me a hint?
3: Yes. His first name is Ludwig. Uh,
0: Can you give me another hint? Very well. When you're at the seashore, what is it you see? Uh, 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 C. The first note on the third page is C. Oh, I'm sorry, but I think you'll find that the first note is F sharp. <laughs>
2: You gave me a hint, and you kept
0: saying seashore. That's right. That was a hint for you to go to the seashore. You look pale.
2: What (laughs) about your brother's
0: gun to that young man? Mr. Stanton in the left orchestra. I have a gentleman, Doctor. Ten silver dollars to that gentleman if he can tell me whether Switzerland is in Africa or in Asia. Well, I... I think Switzerland is in Europe. I'm sorry, sir, but you'll have to stick to those two choices. (laughs) Well, I, I... I... It's in Asia.
2: Oh, I'm sorry,
0: If you look it up, you'll find that Switzerland is in Europe, but give that gentleman a bag of buts nuts. Next contestant. I have a gentleman, Doctor. Twenty-four silver dollars to that gentleman if he answers this question. Think now. Is Abraham Lincoln dead or alive? Uh, he's dead.
2: Oh, I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) But if you look it up, you'll find that Abraham Lincoln lives in the hearts of all of us. But a bag of butts nuts to that gentleman next contestant <laughs> I have a lady, Doctor Eighteen silver ladies to that, Doctor I Eighteen silver dollars to that lady If she can tell me in five seconds Who is the head of the coal miners' union Quick now One Two uh,
2: John L. Lewis Three <laughs> Four John L. Lewis
0: Oh, I'm sorry you didn't get the answer in time. It's John L. Lewis, but a fistful of buttons
2: for that lady. I
0: have a gentleman in the balcony, Doctor. Give that gentleman 84 silver dollars. Why, Doctor? He's my brother. Next contestant. I have a gentleman here, Doctor. 18 silver dollars, if that gentleman can give me the correct answer to this question. The correct question to this answer. The answer is Martha Washington. What is the question? (laughs) Uh, the question is, who is the wife of George Washington? And what is the answer to that question? Martha Washington. That's correct. But I distinctly heard someone give you the answer. (laughs) I'm sorry there'll be no cheating on this program. (laughs) Throw that gentleman out and throw a bag of butts nuts after him. (laughs) Next contestant. I have a lady in the orchestra, Doctor. Time now for our true and false quiz. I will give you ten silver dollars for each correct answer. Just say true or false. First question. Swiss cheese tastes better on whole wheat bread than on white bread.
2: A false.
0: I'm sorry, that's true. Here's the next one. <laughs> Your next question. Listening to the radio is much more fun than going to the movies. A true. False.
2: <laughs>
0: Here's the last one. Autumn is much more pleasant than spring.
2: A fault.
0: That's true. Oh, I'm sorry. You've missed them all.
2: Doctor, I think you're a great big fraud.
0: That's true. Give that lady ten silver
2: dollars.
1: (laughs)
0: Next contestant. I have a dentist, doctor. It's time now for our regular feature, The Tongue Twister. Sixty-seven silver dollars to you, sir. If you repeat this sentence after me exactly as I say it, are you ready? Yes, sir. Here I go. Listen carefully. I can only say it once. Said Samuel to Theodore, let's sail with Selman Thelma Selma on a uh, sailboat... (laughs) Said Theodore to Samuel, uh, Samuel, shall we sail on Saturday or uh, Sunday? (laughs)
2: Listen
0: carefully, I can only say it once. (laughs) Said Samuel to Theodore, let's sail with Thelma on Saturday. Give that gentleman 67 silver dollars. And now, who's our next contestant, please? I have a gentleman in the balcony, Doctor.
2: That's me up here, Doc. (laughs) Yes.
0: For our final question, sir, we come to our famous person's quiz. We will give you several clues about one specific famous person. If you guess right on the first clue, you get 250 silver dollars. Oh, I'm
2: dying. (laughs) But
0: with each clue asked, the prize goes down, and the money goes into a special jackpot. Here's your first clue He was a famous Elizabethan playwright Whose great works, like Macbeth Live to the present day
2: False
0: I... I'm sorry, sir You, uh, you must give me his name
2: Whose name?
0: Now, William Shakespeare
2: Oh Well, give me another clue Maybe I can catch it
0: Very well second clue about this famous man for 200 silver dollars. This famous playwright is living today and is the author of Hamlet. What's his name?
2: William Shakespeare.
0: I'm sorry, sir. I said he's living today. Uh, Shakespeare is dead.
2: When did he die? Between the first and second clue?
0: (laughs) Your third clue for 100 silver dollars.
2: Only 100? Yes. Oh, you're so mean.
0: Third clue. This famous actor... Yeah, wait a
2: minute. Wait a minute. He was a writer. When did he change his job?
0: I'm sorry, sir. You'll have to listen to the clues more carefully. This famous actor, who was born in the Elizabethan period during the 17th century, now has a radio program of his own. (laughs) Al Jolson wrote Hamlet. I'm sorry, that's wrong. Well, um, would you repeat that last clue again? Certainly. This famous actor who knocked out Jack Dempsey after writing Othello. <laughs> was
2: born a... Hey, 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 Doc! Yes. Give me your bag of your rotten peanuts and let me go home already.
0: Oh, I'm sorry, sir, but the $250 you lost now goes into the big jackpot that I keep in my cellar. This <laughs> next year to Dr. I.J., the mental fox.
1: Another program Henry Morgan did his best to defame was The Answer Man, and he did it with this delightful spoof.
0: People are asking more questions today than ever before and getting fewer answers. In an effort to alleviate this shortage of answers, we bring you now the man who knows everything, the question man. And here he is, the question man. Good evening. Our first question, sir, comes from Mrs. J.W. of Nantasket, who writes, A friend of mine often uses the expression, butter wouldn't melt in his mouth. What does she mean? She
3: probably means oleo margarine.
0: <laughs> Mrs. T.D. of Portland writes as follows. A man I know claims that scientists have discovered definite evidence of life on the planet Mars. His brother, however, disagrees. Which brothers Wright? Um uh, the Wright brothers made their first flight at Kitty Hawk.
2: <laughs>
0: and here's a letter from Kitty Hawk. She asks... <laughs> she asks, Should you keep a box lunch in a lunchbox? No. You should remove the box lunch before eating the lunchbox. box. <coughs> Unless the lunch contains locks, in which case you remove the lunch locks from the lunch box. Uh, that is, unless the box is locked, in which case... Would you repeat the question, please? Certainly, sir. The question was, what is the difference between a statesman and a politician? A statesman is a politician who got elected. <laughs> Thank you, sir. That was the question, man, brought to you ever so often as a public service. <laughs>
1: Henry Morgan was also very keen on dialects, as proven by this interview from his program in 1948.
0: With the Baseball World Series now underway, we are fortunate to have in our studio this evening the eminent Viennese authority on sports and physical culture, Dr. Heinrich von Morgan. (laughs) Dr. von Morgan is the author of such well-known books on sports as Ten Important Differences Between a Baseball Pitcher and a Water Pitcher. (laughs) And How to Play Soccer with Torn Socks. <laughs> as well as such books on physical culture as Easy Ways to Add Ten Inches to Your Spine. <laughs> Good evening, Dr. Von Morgan. I'll throw. Doctor, in America, the boys and girls like to play baseball. What do they do in your country? Well, during the day, they go to school and work. And at night, if, uh, I uh, do not understand the question.
2: <laughs>
0: no, doctor. I'm referring to baseball, which, as you know, is the great American sport. In your country, do you play baseball? No. I'm too old. (laughs) But in my country, we believe absolutely that sports is... um, uh, uh, Athletics is... uh, uh, Building up the body. um, uh, Money is more important. But doctor, I understood that you put great stress on the human body. In fact, I was most impressed with the photograph of you wearing tights that has been reproduced in so many physical culture magazines. You're a picture of virile strength. What made you look that way? The picture was touched up a little.
2: <laughs> you
0: mean you didn't actually look that way? Well, I was a little uh, round, uh, uh, too much <laughs> in front and... Uh, <laughs> In fact, too, I can't explain in English what does that mean, Doctor? That. <laughs>
2: doctor,
0: do you have any ideas for American young men on how they can get a beautiful body? Well, if they see a girl, uh, I.
2: <laughs>
0: I don't understand the question. <laughs> I'm referring to hints on building healthy bodies. For example, do you think that deep breathing is or is not necessary? Not necessarily. (laughs) Then you disagree that it's necessary? Not necessarily. (laughs) Well, do you mean that it not necessarily is or that it not necessarily isn't? Money is more important. (laughs) How about exercise? I don't like too much exercise. Why not? It's too much. In conclusion, Doctor, what do you think is the most important factor in health? Exercise, diet, weight, fresh air, clean living? I choose number two. I think you're right, Doctor. Well? Well, what? Where's the frigidaire? Good night, Dr. Von Morgan.
1: Well, that's our salute to Henry Morgan. This is Frank Brzee in Hollywood, California, inviting you to join me next week for more shows and personalities from radio's golden days. This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service.